0: Uh-huh.
1: zombie podcast with robin and steph we're on the phone with the inspector general himself enzo lambert aka john emmett tracy welcome to the show
0: hello both of you thanks for having me
1: (laughs) thanks for being on
0: uh so, yeah, fantastic. I mean I'm excited to be here.
1: <laughs> so uh wow, what a uh, what a turn at the end of this episode. It's uh <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that you wanted to chat after this one. So <laughs> Right. Yeah. I think we were gonna talk a few weeks ago and I said, Well, maybe let's wait. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. So I guess we'll kind of (laughs) we'll kind of start at the uh, beginning of it all. I mean, you want to tell us uh, all about uh, the casting process, you know, what what the auditions were like, you know, was it a room full of wild French accents?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it was a room full of wild French accents. Um, You know, it it was it was a funny day for me because uh, and this isn't a typical day uh, for every actor uh, and definitely not for me. But it was one of those strange days where I had a whole day full of auditions. So I think I had five that day. Oh, wow. uh, Yeah, the iZombie one was sent to me midday. You know, generally we get them a day ahead of time or two days ahead of time. And, um, yeah, this one was sent that day. And my agent said, oh, I'm I'm sorry, this just came in. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. can you make it over there? It's at 5 o'clock. And I thought... um, okay, sure. And and I said, what is it? And she said, oh, it's this crazy, she said the breakdown says a caricature of a of a over-the-top Frenchman or something like that.
2: <laughs> ah. I said,
0: uh, but there's golf, you know. And I, and I just thought, well, yeah, this will be fun. And it was, it, it, in fact, you guys, I remember it, the day was filled with really heavy auditions. You know, they mm-hmm. were kind of these procedural cop things, you know, where you take your glasses off and you pound your fist on the table and say, <laughs> you know, I, I got the mayor breathing down my neck, you know, this kind yeah. of, it was a really a heavy day. And so I, I was reading this one in between. I thought, oh, this is fun. This is going to be just really fun. <laughs> and so I went in being pretty outrageous thinking, well, they don't want it this big, but, you know, they can, they can always say less. Um, but there we went. And, you know, it was only, um, it was only uh, supposed to be one episode.
3: Hmm.
0: And in fact, Enzo was in um, season four, episode one. And then a whole sort of sub storyline got cut out of that, including what he was doing. So, excuse me. So uh, they brought him back in five, and uh, some of the same material got put in, and some some didn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was it. I thought, okay, well, that was fun. You know, kind of a crazy. Uh, and then they kept writing for him, which was <laughs> which was great. And um, and here we are yeah. with him killing people. Um, <laughs> what what else? Is, do, do, do spoilers happen on this show? Is that did I just? Oh,
1: oh. <laughs> we're assuming everybody that's listening to the interview has watched all the episodes up to this point. So,
0: <laughs> okay, all right, and um, they, so they've they've all learned what a a sympathetic and a loving guy Enzo is, and kind of um, a nurturer is the way I was playing it. I hope it's coming across.
1: Uh, yeah. I, well, hello,
0: uh, Robin. Are you there?
2: <laughs> well, I just want to say that Enzo to me is just the epitome. Of like this show, I don't care about the murder of the week, the case. I don't care about the the rules of the zombie disease. All I care about are these fascinating, quirky, interesting characters, mm-hmm. and Enzo is like the tops. So I just mm-hmm. how did you craft like even your physicality with Enzo is very it's I mean, how did you craft this character?
0: Well, uh, thank you for saying that. I well, I just I, I'll start by saying Rob Thomas. You know, I I think mm-hmm. everybody who who works for him, and I'm you know down here in Comic Con, and there are a lot of I bumped into other actors from different shows, and uh, I just got a peek. They did uh, yesterday the, the the sneak preview of Veronica Mars, and so. You know, Jason Doring is in town, Chase Graves, and it, it's just been, it's has been, you know, and every actor who works for Rob says the same thing. And and by the way, so does every writer, so does every director. He's just an amazing guy and uh, he creates these characters and, and iZombie has got a lot of these very unique one-off, you know, Vampire Steve and, you know, the, the Johnny Frost. There's all these very interesting kind of one-off characters that are so unique. And um, I didn't, I didn't quite know that, you know, when I when I auditioned for this. And so once I got there and started working and started meeting him and meeting Diane and Dan and, and the whole gang, um, I think the short answer is you're given you're given freedom and encouragement, you know, and, and to, to you know to go with what the writers give you and kind of make something uh, interesting with it. But but to answer the second part in more detail. You see the clothes, right? I mean, you see the oh, cape, yes. and uh, you know that, that helps. You know, they give me this cape with a collar that kind of, you know, keeps my head in. It's a, it's a bit like wearing a neck brace, you know. With, with, <laughs> um, and by the way, that woolen cape is um, it's great when we're shooting, you know, night shoots and we're outside and the rain and the rest of the cast is shivering, but not so great when we're filming in a warehouse and it's July and oh, gosh. <laughs> so. Yeah. so uh, but, uh, anyways, it was a lot of fun, so the physicality, yeah, a lot of that was you know, depending on the director, a lot of them we have a lot of directors that come back frequently, and some of them really love to get a good swish on the cape, you know, so they'd ask uh-huh. me to make sure like, as I move there's you know some of that going on, but um,
1: oh gosh, yeah, there was an episode this season which basically the scene opens following the flow of that cape into the <laughs> as you walked into uh majors, <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, I remember that very well and and yeah, exactly, they were down. I believe on Steadicam, right below, and they were, you know, there was there was lots of laughter. They were saying, "Can you swish more? Can we <laughs> can we get a little more, you know, a <laughs> little more action on that cape, John?" So, um, but you know, at the beginning, you know, when when I was first playing him, um, the, the the original script said, I think it referenced, um, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen in Talladega Nights, and uh, oh. the. Yeah, that was the reference, <laughs> and we've had lots of references throughout to things like Clouseau, you know, and I mean, the, the, the show sort of knows that and jokes about it. I, I remember um, Clive saying to Enzo last season something like, "Well, maybe in Pink Panther movies they don't establish alibis <laughs> yeah. here, we do," you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so, and then the little tiny car, you know, and the. But at the beginning, you know, they were writing these outrageous things for him to say and they were having a lot of fun with it I remember writers would come to set and they'd say oh what do you see this crazy thing I got for you to say next week and it would be something like the deepy, deepy bonbon or some kind of you know phrase <laughs> yep. which by the way we're all looking up to see if it's a thing and it's not a thing it's just something that they you know gave him to say so um so yeah I mean uh but he's sort of started to change and you'll notice that you know there's not as many of those things anymore there's not oh, as no. many of those kind of quirky music playing under his you know, strange phrases and have fun getting jiggy with it kind of you know, things that he <laughs> yeah. would say. Um, so that has been a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm, I'm probably over answering the question, but um, it's been fun to, to play him as the character has evolved and as the writing has changed for him. Um, that was one of the things I loved. And then the other thing was in the early days, uh, he was different things to different people. Uh, When Mm -hmm. you see me with with Clive and Liv and Ravi, really, I was just there to say something silly so they could roll their eyes and kind of, you know, those great, those amazing Malcolm reactions to Mm -hmm. things. Um, But then I'd be sitting across from Chase and he'd have to be playing these very serious scenes with this kind of, you know, Napoleon figure sitting across from him. And so (laughs) there wasn't as much kookiness there. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you started to see kind of more intensity or zealot like behavior. Even though we now know he was pretending when he was with Brother Love, so but yet all along keeps the same accent. So, so that that was a fun challenge for me to still be zinging and z-thing, Um which was a conversation, by the way. We, you know, first day I said, "Well, do we want the full kind of like cartoonish thing?" And they said, "Yeah, have fun. Go, you know, go with because I'm going to do decent that maybe, you know, like maybe." Yeah. I probably lost every French friend that I ever had or was going to have. But, <laughs> but, um, but they, they wanted it kind of, you know, they wanted it uh, like that. And I've actually, well, had fun doing it. So But but that has been the fun challenge is, is seeing him change and then still kind of making the accent work, well, if it's working, making the accent work even though he's not, uh, you don't see him as much in the little tiny, you know, yellow car and zipping yeah. around and, right, so.
1: What, so so I mean you said Sasha Baron Cohen was that what you based this accent on to begin with or I mean what kind of goes into I mean have you done a french accent before what what goes into that
0: No and I mean I I have done a lot of different accents on tv and film and on stage um this one I I hadn't done but to be honest I didn't because the the draft of the script I saw for the audition didn't reference him uh I got a breakdown that said uh it said uh, an obnoxiously over-the-top uh, caricature of a French inspector, and then it said with a phony French accent, "You could cut with a knife." I remember that <laughs> in, in the in the casting notice, the breakdown we call it. Uh, so, so this wasn't a moment of authenticity or going okay. <laughs> so I was I wasn't basing it on him, and then the script came through and they and they referenced him. And it said something about an, an obnoxiously affected manner. And that, uh, you know, Steph, to answer your question again, it had something to do with, with the posture and the walk and the kind of sniffing, you know, yeah. <laughs> judging people and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I should mention, though, um, just for the record, uh, the French accent's my real accent. What I'm doing now <laughs> is putting on a kind of, I'm trying to give you uh, my best uh, North American Whoa. <laughs> oh. <laughs> who knew, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, because I, I definitely, you know, when when Enzo joined the show, uh, when when you joined the show, I, I definitely got like a Peter Sellers vibe, you know, like
3: it,
1: mm-hmm. oh yeah, so uh, and and you know his Clouseau and I, you know, I wasn't sure if you kind of thought of him at all or anything like that. Not to not to lead you, <laughs> just to know, uh, you know, if if you had any sort of, but it, it is just kind of the. The, the French accent that you, yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's, it's not that I wasn't thinking of him. I think he's fantastic and Mm -hmm. he's maybe the greatest that's ever done it. But, um, I would, I would say it's, it's almost, it's a trope, right? The French inspector, it's kind of a, there was one in the Muppet movie that was done really well. And (laughs) I think I was also thinking of Poirot or, you know, like anybody who has done that thing, um, and, and I'm missing a few others. There's a couple of them. I mean, even the pink, the, the later Pink Panthers with Steve Martin, you know. Oh, yeah. We did a few things like that where, you know, I would change the endings of words and kind of... There was one bit... Sometimes I would do it just because we were laughing, and then they would keep it. Like, um... Oh, I can't think. Oh, there was one I said... Uh, uh, the vote is starting to swing in his favor, but, and, I, and I just kind of like—I <laughs> don't know—just like really went cuckoo on the last word, which has, you know, no no grounding in any real <laughs> French citizens' accent. But yeah. uh, we were just—I I do remember one of the one of the um, producers on set, and this was early. This was, I think, the first episode, and I said, I, you know i, I don 't know i said i don 't know the show well, but this is is this in the in the zone <laughs> or something like that I said their answer was they said this is a show about zombies who have day jobs we can we can, yeah. can you know, we can we 're writing this universe so if, if we say and of course you 'll notice in that first episode you saw him. he went directly into you know having a having a a go at ravi when when Ravi makes fun of mm-hmm. the French accent, he goes right into a cockney accent cockney, back yeah. at him. And so I, I, asked Dan Etheridge. I said, "So, do you want that filtered through a Frenchman trying to do a?" He's like, "No, I'll just go for it and do, <laughs> just do the cockney accent." I said, okay, this is a this is a this is a wild ride, you know.
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh. I I kind of wanted to walk through you know your uh, your different episodes here. So uh, the first thing I wanted to definitely ask you, I I just loved to hear a little bit more about what was intended for episode one of season four. Uh, you said, you know, some of that stuff got put into Goonstruck. But what is this whole missing uh, plot that you were talking about? Do you remember? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it, it took place in the brain factory. Um, it, th- there was a chunk where they were introducing the idea of a tension between Fillmore Graves and the police mm-hmm. um, over who should be investigating this case. Um, and so do you remember the brain factory in episode one? Yep. Yeah. And so there was a bit where um, Enzo barged in there and had some sort of a warrant or something saying, no, no, this is this is zombie related. And they wanted to start to build that, that tension between does Fillmore Graves investigate or do the police investigate? Mm. And so they and the episode ran long. So they just decided, let's let's introduce that idea. Or, or rather reintroduce. I don't, I, I don't think that means they had never touched on that before, but let's reintroduce that idea a little later. So mm-hmm. basically that. And so, and there was a whole, there was a whole thing where, you know, in that episode, I was much kinder to, to live. I remember that. Uh, he even, I think kissed her hand and said, enchanted and she oh. snatched her hand away. And kind of, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, and that certainly didn't turn into what their relationship became. Yeah. Um, oh, no. <laughs> and, and and as if people didn't hate Enzo enough, I you know, the season ended last year with him beating her up with oh, brass God. knuckles. And so we joked about that. We said, OK, that's the end for him. Yeah. Uh, so you know, death threats.
1: So then so so we go to Goonstruck and, you know. Uh, I, I love the how how you're introduced because it's like Liv, Clive, and Ravi are doing their standard talking over a corpse about the case, and then we realize they're reporting to you. And, you know, it's just such a wild character to introduce to the series. I mean, there's been some wild characterizations mainly from uh, Liv being on a brain, but this is not a person on a brain. This is an actual person. Uh, but... Right. <laughs> I...
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. You're right. I know what you mean, and I think I think, you know, they had given him a different kind of introduction. Yeah. I remember the script for 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 uh, 401 saying something like, when he shows up, and they all kind of rolled their eyes, and they all went, Enzo, kind of like <laughs> Newman. That's what it said. It even referenced Newman yeah. on the page and said, uh, and then, you know, Ravi started right in with, I hate that guy. And then Clive says, oh, well, so, you know, he's got a job to do or something like that. Yeah. And and so they'd all kind of tolerate him, and they made it as though he's somebody they had communicated with in the past. And so I I I'm not sure why the next moment didn't play out like that. I mm-hmm. and and to be honest with you, I can't remember if we if we shot something like I can't remember if we shot a a proper hello,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and it didn't go. Um, and, and you know that happens a lot, unfortunately. The writers will give us things, uh, even in the episode we just saw. You know there was another you know, longer moment or two. There's another scene in fact with Martin and Enzo oh, really? going back and forth about, yeah, a little bit of, you know, um, John and Kit who wrote the episode, there, there was another, um, another little bit, but you know, this happens always in movies and television, you know, they, 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 you, you can't keep everything in and, you know, you got to cut for time. And if something wonderful is happening, uh, elsewhere that wasn't expected, well, then you, you trim somewhere else. So, mm-hmm. But um, and, and our, you know, our editors know what they're doing. I mean, it's it's they keep the show moving. And I mean, look how much they included in in this episode. This yeah, is, yeah. you know, it's just even reading the script. I remember thinking, oh, how are we going to get all this in? This is incredible, you know, because <laughs> people people are starting to think, oh, we're getting near the end. Right. How is this all going to going to wrap up? But boy, did they tie a lot of strings together in this recent episode.
1: Uh, I love I love some of the stuff in the first introduction in, in Goonstruck the uh, the way you say ah an eight a cr- uh, 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 eight crime <laughs> uh, uh, an eight a, crime an, yeah an eight crime and uh, how you say dommage collatéral and live saying we don't say that <laughs> <laughs> right do you right, guys right, right. crack it up a lot during this you know the first interactions you've had you know on camera or I, I can't imagine
0: yeah yeah, yeah I mean. For sure. I, I I maybe he doesn't like me telling this, but um especially those first two or three visits with Enzo, uh, Malcolm couldn't get through it. I mean we would usually <laughs> he you know he's such a great guy and, and he's he's such a strong backbone for mm-hmm. that show, you know, and he's he's just such a great presence and um I don't wanna say I'd try to make him laugh, but maybe <laughs> you know, maybe once or twice that would happen because you know, you're just standing there with this outrageous figure saying these outrageous things in this outrageous oh, accent. And it's, it's, you know, so he, yeah, he would, he would break a bit. Um,
1: uh, I'm, I'm reminded but, of, uh, of Mac Moore, where you lean into Clive and say, what is the point unless you can Trump le biscuit? Huh? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and his reaction to that, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, part of the joke then was that, and you know, Enzo thought he was funny and nobody else did. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, that was the, that was the kind of gag there, but but <laughs> you know, Malcolm can always take it to another. I don't know. He's just the greatest at reactions. I think <laughs> it's just it's his responses to things, and, and those in turn would make the rest of us laugh. Right? Just when we do his coverage, just watching his 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 startled response to things. You know,
1: mm-hmm. uh, a listener actually wrote in wondering uh, what was like driving that sixty-five Citroen.
0: <laughs> oh yes. You know, it was both fantastic and uh, terrifying because Uh, it was something that doesn't really come across when even when I watch television is hitting a mark in a car is is difficult on most days, you know. Uh, and you know sometimes I'll drive a lexus or something and, and, and a thing and it it's much easier to just sort of be do precision stopping on an actual mark you mm-hmm. they give you little reflectors or little pieces of tape that you've got to line up this with and the and the side mirror and you've got to stop at this very specific point because that's where the camera's focus uh well with the old enzo mobile you know sometimes it stopped when you told it to and sometimes it didn't and sometimes it wouldn't go when you told it to <laughs>
3: um,
0: <laughs> But it was fun it was a great it was a great time, and we had a, a couple of laughs because there was one point where they preset the car you know we'd already stopped it we'd already filmed that, and then they they wanted to you know move forward and keep shooting in, in the scene and the car was just a little bit off the mark and they, they were calling for the you know the driver you know the professional driver to come in and adjust the the moment and a crew guy I think was sort of one of the grips was sort of leaned gently on the back and, and the car moved on it. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can just sort of move it. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and they went, Oh, done. Okay. Let's, do oh, let's God. go. I mean, the, the car, the car doesn't weigh much, you know? And uh, there was a scene where I was driving it and, uh, and we had one of our camera guys right, right there, right, like right in that in that passenger seat with this huge camera and it was kind of just about touching my face. So we all, uh, well, it was kind of funny too. So uh, yeah, cool. Great, great car. Uh, really fun and I remember there was a little a little toy version an identical toy version that looked exactly like it that sits on the dashboard um, oh that's they cool they found kind of the the matchbox version of that exact car in the same color and it sort of was mounted on the dashboard yeah
1: I'll have to go back and look at that I didn't even I didn't even see that huh I
0: don't, you know, I don't know if the camera caught it. You know, I just remember because I had a, I've had a couple of episodes with the car. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if the camera caught it, but it was there.
1: <laughs> it did. Uh, we have uh, another question from Tim. He, he actually writes a very long email here. So I'm going to try to break it down here. He says, uh, did Enzo come to believe that Angus had a point only after he had died and seeing how major was handling things? Was he a double agent who infiltrated the cult to bring them down but they left their mark on him and got inside his head. i um, okay. wondering about Enzo's so, motivations going from Angus to Martin. And, uh, you know... Right. You, you're, you're, you were saying that Angus, he was definitely, you know, all for Chase and working as a double agent that entire time because he does show up at the end uh, standing there, you know, when the U.S. Army shoots down Angus's uh, zombie. But uh, he's wondering, like, you know... Uh, I guess uh, just kind of going into uh, Martin and wondering how that all uh, progressed. I'm trying to like. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, sure, sure. Uh, Enzo well, has, um, right from the very beginning, one thread that they have always given him has been a, a semi, you know, mildly, uh, you know, anti-human thing you know he maybe he wasn't quite as openly extremist but he you know there was an early episode where he says i don't understand well the one you just referenced uh yeah. this human zombie interaction you know but I, I don't understand how you know basically saying how can a human zombie mixed couple be together that's just right. even like that and there's another thing with chase where um we were going in, in sort of plain clothes to a safe house where we um we're holding a prisoner and on the patio just before going in, Enzo says, Oh, I hate I hate the odor of these human neighborhoods. There's something like yeah. that. There's always a smell here the human neighborhoods. And and honestly, I think that's why Chase sent him in because Chase says to him, Go go check out that this this church that they're telling us about. Right. I you know, this this extremist anti human, you know, pro zombie church go because I think he knew that Enzo could easily play that part. But to everything we were working with, um, it was always undercover. And, and Enzo has always been a company man. You know, he's always been... But he he came through in the Chase Graves era. So I think Major's command has has really disappointed Enzo, you know, uh, obviously. And even, even before he went away, he'd at he'd chase Graves, right? So... Um, no, and in fact, the thing that some people seem to have missed, I, not everyone, some people have brought this up to me, but uh, a couple of people who, who watched the show, who chatted with me about it, didn't catch this. At the very end of season four, that reporter points to Enzo with the tanks and the, you know, the military presence yeah. uh, and says, this this guy in the cape, I don't know who he is, but he has been forging an alliance with the U.S. military on behalf of Fillmore Graves, so... That whole thing was happening undercover underground, and you know, and, and it was not a very redeeming, you know, character, redeemable character. But he he did, even with his his opinions about humans and zombies, he did stave off that zombie apocalypse that was set to happen, uh, and created some connection between the government and and for more waves and, and and New Seattle. So, but. The second half of, of, of the question, in terms of Martin, I think Martin came along at the right time when not just Enzo, but many people—Hobbs and obviously Justin and other
3: people—in
0: yeah. the ranks were were thinking, oh, "What is Major doing?" You right. know, we're handing out flowers in the park, and um, so yeah. I always think it must have taken an awful lot for Enzo to to do what he did, um, but. Because I've always thought of him as a company man, right? He's Even several episodes earlier, he's yelling at the guys for talking back to the commander, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I never I never looked at it, nor did any of my conversations with the writers or with Dan or anybody, did we say, yeah, and was really calling for this this church guy. Um, he did let a prisoner go, if you remember, and gave him the murder weapon back. Yeah. In fact, the episode with the car. Uh, but I those... To, to what we were told were all calculated moves, you know, orchestrated by Chase graves,
1: yeah, I think it's just kind of like uh you know it's almost like he's wondering if uh you know he was there undercover, he was working for Chase Graves, but some of the stuff that Angus was saying, Enzo seems to be clearly moved in the audience, you know, by some of the things that he was saying about you know zombies over humans, uh so you know almost like having that mindset going into. Uh, season five, still working for Major, and he is such like you know, uh, he's such a lightweight in you know in, in running Fillmore Graves that maybe since An- you know some of the Angus's teachings, uh, uh, Enzo believed uh, in, or you know, he was swayed a little bit by that. He realized, oh, I've got to go in the more extreme direction with Martin because you know mm-hmm. this is not like a, a military thing. He is doing some a pretty awful master plan which is just you know i well i we don't know how some of some of that we're still kind of wondering about you know he definitely mm-hmm, yeah. he sent these people to infiltrate this brothel um and to scratch this convention and send them out into the world but there's also something going on with these romero's that we don't quite know about yet so looking forward to seeing that
0: that's right yeah yeah mm-hmm. and um well, you know, maybe Rob had that in his mind. You know, maybe that was a a, a small piece of what was happening there, uh, but th- that wasn't something that was uh, ever communicated to me. You know, because you do, you, you definitely at notions that you take something aside and go, "So, well, you know, is Enzo really getting to the church there?" <laughs> and keeping keeping in mind, they have a they have a they have a, a storyline scheduled way in advance, but they don't necess- they haven't necessarily written everything, and so they don't they don't give. The cast, for example, every single this is going to happen and that's going to happen. That they give us something, uh, they give us kind of a rough structure of where it's going. For example, uh, you know, they, to me, the beginning of this season, saying, okay, so this is you're going to start to see a change in him. There's not going to be more goofy lines, and yeah. uh, that, that sort of sinister thing we saw in the last episode of season four is going to continue to blow him. So I knew that. Um, so consequently, as, as, as We've already covered. As outrageous as his accent is, I didn't do any of that playing with it anymore. I didn't say "sle in his favor." Like I didn't do much of that anymore.
1: Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, as soon as the yeah. brass knuckles came out, I think Enzo is changed forever. You know, because it's you know, especially yeah. in the viewers' eyes, you know, this is somebody to be taken seriously. And then I love how it is brought back again in uh, episode two of the season when Enzo brings pulls the brass knuckles out again and tells Major that they resisted. <laughs>
0: Right, right. Yeah, the guys look up and they're all bloodied, and he looks at Enzo, and Enzo says, "Well, what they resisted." Yeah. Um, in fact, I, yeah, there, there, and there are several times when Enzo has brought up sort of lively. You know, we should, oh, we should get rid of him, or we should execute her, or we should. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he doesn't yeah. really say it like, oh, should we?" He just says, "So take him out back and kill him." Is that what the, you know? Yeah, he's definitely, um, he's definitely a change. So, yeah, I think Martin. Martin found the right guy inside, or the right guys, because uh, you know, Enzo wasn't alone. You know, mm-hmm. there were there were yeah. several in there that 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 went ahead. So, but but to, to to finally answer the speculation, yeah, maybe Rob sort of thought about that. We planted those seeds. I, I guess I kind of looked at it as though. Uh, it was an easy role for Enroy because yeah. he did agree, <laughs> but yeah. but he believed in his job and he believed in his company and he'll follow his commander, you know, to the death. It was an easy, it was an easy thing to look as though he was getting moved and convinced by that stuff. Right. One of the things about uh, when you said that Enzo uh, seemed very moved by what Brother Love was saying, um, that episode I remember was was directed by Enrico. Uh, Colin Tony, who is so great, and is you know obviously part of the Veronica Mars family too. Yeah, and he, I, I remember shooting those scenes in the theater, and he wanted a couple of versions of Enzo responding. He oh. you know, he was interested oh. in it. It was interesting having options there as to how how moved was Enzo by this. So um, I think we did a little bit of a range of responses there.
1: Okay. Uh, there was one more question from in, in Tim's uh, long email here, uh, and you know it's probably it's okay, Tim, because I'm because I'm Tim, I'm giving long answers, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, uh, you know, and this is you know this might still be something that is revealed in the future, but it's your fault that Blaine's dad was murdered. I mean, Blaine might think that it's mostly Angus's fault for you know charging in there, but it is said on the news that you definitely betrayed them uh, or Enzo did, I should say. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I can just kind of leave that with an interesting dot, dot, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I do wonder if anything is going to result from that in the next couple episodes, um, because it's interesting that you and uh, Enzo and Blaine have not had uh, a scene since. I mean,
3: no, not at all. Right. <laughs> right.
0: well, I wonder too.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I wonder too, Robin. But, well, you know, I'll tell you something. Um, uh, David's a great guy, and I've I rarely got to work with him. Um, mm-hmm. I got to do some of those church scenes with him, and and to, to listen to him sing was fantastic. Oh. You know, to sit there for take after take and listen to him go through that busy song. Um, and uh, he's also maybe maybe you know have you, have you met him? Have you talked to him? He's he's a, he's a musician yet. and a singer.
3: Yeah, songwright.
0: Yeah, he's he's a, he's a really talented guy and um, a songwriter. Anyway, so and then I got you know part part of the the plotting phase with brother love involved some scenes with him and that was a lot of fun. Uh, and you're right, you haven't seen them together at all uh, this year. And now that Enzo is turning into the dad killer, well, I don't know who <laughs> knows. Like, <laughs> because, like <laughs> it looks, but that seems to be a pastime. And oh, and and people's boyfriends. So. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? Um, in fact, it was interesting doing um, doing the first scene of this season where Enzo and Liv see each other for the first time because Rose and I chatted about that. We thought they were working on a crime together, and then she and I chatted about how the last time these characters saw each other was him, wrapped oh, yeah. with brass knuckles, right right before she was slated to die. You know, so so those threads are always fun and interesting to remember and sort of look at your timelines of when you interacted with people.
1: Uh, Thora writes in and she asks um, Is it hard To play a character so detestable Do you sympathize with Enzo at all Or is it just as hard to feel Bad for him while also trying To get inside his mind (laughs) (laughs) So I think she's reacting To (laughs) that last scene Yes, Thora? Thora, yes Thank you, Thora Um,
0: You know, it is very it's, it's, It's hard to not be Sympathetic for a character situation when you're playing it. I mean, there's you know, acting could be named empathizing. Right, that's what really what you're doing. You could, you're mm-hmm. empathizing with what's happening. But um, I'll tell Thora, I I wouldn't like this guy either if I was watching him. You know, <laughs> one of the things that's interesting about his about his construction, and I think once again I go back to our writers. I go back to Rob and Diane, uh, Bob Dearden, all the people that have have created this character. One of the things I think was really a, a genius move is they—they they really don't—they um, don't give him much, nothing redeeming. You know, there's not—we don't have a—we don't have a, a, a villain origin story or a, you know, a childhood trauma or, you know, even a home life. Although I'd like to see Enzo's home life. Um, <laughs> we, we joke about that a few times, sort of cats everywhere maybe and you no know, bowl of soup or so. You know, I picture <laughs> his, his sort of in apartment i don 't know anyways um but so so th- there's nothing really to to latch on to there 's nothing to to make an audience go, yeah, oh you know we don 't have that with him um, and and that 's really not what he was intended for anyways mm-hmm. um, i don 't think any of us anybody from Rob all the way down uh, to, 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 to me and then the editors once they get the footage i don 't think any of us are are have spent any time thinking about wanting Enzo to be liked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's not what he's there for. Um, but uh, one thing that I think is really great about that is that it's sort of fun to openly detest somebody. There are a lot of, you know, bad things happening in the world and bad people doing bad things. And frequently as human beings, we're trying to, but what would drive somebody to do that? And how, you know, you're trying to sort of get inside the mind of, 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 of evil, Whereas with a character like Enzo, you don't really need to bother yourself with that. You are you are freely invited to dislike this guy and and hiss, you know, when he comes on. So I always say he's kind of an old school <laughs> villain that way, you know. There's no, you know, his his wife didn't die as far as we know in any accident or anything. And there's just right. no we have no reason to to get on board in that way with him. So um it's not difficult at all. Um, it's a lot of fun, you know, to, to, to drive the car and Speak crazy and wear the funny clothes, and to work with this incredible team, uh, the crew and everyone else. Oh, and by the way, Robin, I heard you came up and, and got to meet everybody, and I didn't get to meet you.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I was there during uh, this right between the Scratchmaker and Filet to rest. So ah, I, I wish
0: I'd I wish I'd met you. I, I was but, say, but yeah. to, to to my to to that point, you met our crew and you saw yes. what a great team it is. So um. The, the, the job itself is a pleasure it 's one of the most fun i 've ever had making a show, um, but yes, I agree he's he is quite detestable
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of fillet de resto, can you tell us about uh, what it was like to lay in, in in that gooey makeup you probably had to wear for uh, being uh, frozen <laughs> or thawing out rather <laughs> yeah it's
0: fun it was really fun um, you know there there are acting jobs that are oh, you know, intense and difficult and tr- trying and, but there are some that are just a lot of fun, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, d- 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 with Enzo or, well, just with iZombie in general, you know, you're, you're you know, you're going to have fun when you go to work mm-hmm. and, uh, and there's a lot of laughter, you know, the crew and most of them have been together for five years and, and the lead cast. Um, but that was a great day. I, I mean, I really like that stuff. I like kind of getting in the muck of it all. So, and Enzo's always so clean and mm-hmm. um, those sideburns are so um, uh, cemented onto his face. <laughs> those are <laughs> yours, right? It's, those are those are yours? Yes, it started as an idea. Uh-huh. Um, the, our our the, the head of our hair department uh in season 4. Um Mariah had this idea to kind of point them forward in a little <laughs> bit of a Spock way and then um well, we just kept growing them and uh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they and at the end of, of of you know season four, then again at the end of season five, we would ceremoniously sort of snip them off, and I don't know, people were wearing them as a mustache and <laughs> making eyebrows That's out funny. of them. And I, I might have to I might have to Instagram some of those pictures. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, but 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 he was always so tightly put together, and so you know, and Michelle, our costume designer, creates these you know this incredible silhouette. I remember remember Buckley uh, pointing out to all of us that how great Michelle is at doing that thing that they say Disney is so known for you know they they you know their characters and um not just with Enzo, but with other characters too. Michelle knows how to make kind of a a, a look that you just go ah mm. and so Enzo is, is always so tightly put together, it was really fun to have the muck and mm. uh, yeah, it looks like ice, of course, but it is actually as you said some sort of a gooey. <laughs> Thing and then strangely you forget it's on after a little while. Yeah, I, I don't know if other actors would say that, but I, I kind of forgot it was on and you're sort of chatting with someone having lunch and
1: <laughs>
0: just staring at you, kind
1: of. You know. Yeah, we, you know, right. he, he gets put in a deep phrase and you know he is now revived. I love that. You know, his first words are Bonjour, mon capitan
0: <laughs> Right, right. And then again, that we have a new character there who's helping you know defrost him. And um, yes,
1: what, what was and, it like working Riley with and, uh, uh, Bill Wise? Oh, great. The best. Mm-hmm. The best. He's just
0: the funniest guy. Uh, he's done a lot. He's been around for a long time. He's, he's relaxed. He's charming. Uh, in fact, I was, we were just texting this morning. Um, were you like, sorry? I, or... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, this is something I've talked a little bit about, but um, it is interesting to be on a show. to have the scripts come through and you don't know who's ready yet. You know. I, you know. I'm. You know. A couple times. Yeah. A couple times. Buckley would say to me, "Did you read <laughs> episode six? And I go, "No." What? And he go, oh, "I'm not going to tell you. He, you know, he, he, you'll get it tomorrow or yeah. check your email. It's probably the." Um, it is interesting, and that was a situation where, um, you know, he. I, I think Bill and I were talking, and I, we were having lunch together one day on set, and I think I think some of the department heads knew. And we were getting a little bit of those, you know. Where did you read this one or something like that? And we're <laughs> like, okay. Uh, and then I can't remember which one of us read it first, but uh, immediately called the other one and said, uh, "You should go read that right now." Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And yeah, we were as the as the episode was airing. I mean, I as I said, I'm in Comic Con, so I I was somewhere in the sea of of, of humanity while the show was actually airing because it was. So I didn't get to see, but. Uh, I think Bill either caught it or knew the episode was coming and he wrote and he said, you know, you traitor tonight's the night or something like that. <laughs> something like that. Um, yeah. So oh, he's, he's such a great guy. Um, I, I hope you get a chance to talk to him.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, uh, So, so yeah, to, uh this last episode. He is, he's, he's uh, I, it's so weird, you know, earlier in the, the season uh, major is uh talking about Enzo and saying that, you know, somebody's got, Enzo's not a leader. Somebody's got to be pulling the strings. And so it seems to be right. you know, Martin, but now Enzo has been, you know, thrust into the quote unquote big bad of the season uh, position. I feel, you know, I can't think of it, you know, uh, a more right uh, bigger threat than somebody that's, uh, you know, starting up the, the zombie apocalypse.
0: Well, you know, um I if if I I might get this wrong and I'm sorry, but I think Bob Dearden wrote the episode you're talking about where Majors says, "Oh, Enzo the lackey, he doesn't know." Yeah. And um he if the rest of us didn't, he certainly would have known, you know, that and probably sort of planted that in there as a little you could ask him, but as a little sort of easter egg and, Hmm. You know, I said about one day, the thing about Rob and, 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 and Diane, I mean, they've got this, this idea and this vision, and they create these things, and their writers do such a great job um, writing to that, you know? And that, to me, sounds like the kind of thing Rob would do, you know, putting in a little thing three weeks earlier yeah. that ends up, you know, paying off later. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I think having a major say that was probably... You know, they probably they probably knew that leading up to this episode we just watched. Uh, he, he may be a lackey, but he, he yeah he shot his boss in the head. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I, and uh, it's probably something he wanted to do to do to major <laughs> earlier in the season. So uh, yeah, I think he's just somebody that you know likes structure, likes a plan, and likes people sticking to it. And uh, when that doesn't happen, he gets pretty frustrated with it.
0: So, yeah, yeah, he does, and I think everyone took to that. There was one episode where we got to see Enzo's office, and it was fantastic. The,
1: oh yes, you know, yeah. The set,
0: the set deck department. Um, you know, we were chatting and joking about it, but they actually ended up doing it. There was sort of like four paper clips lined up. I don't know if that reads on camera, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the pencils were exactly sharpened to the exact, and they, they were lined <laughs> up. And it, you know, they, they laid the whole desk out with that kind of outrageous precision. You could imagine Enzo keeping his desk. Um, but, yes, I think I think this kind of softer approach has probably, yeah, made Enzo really frustrated early on. And, yes, there were probably things like that that he wished he could have done. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and, uh, um, you know, I, I really think that Liv is a, a, a huge threat to Enzo, somebody that, you know, screwed up his whole plan with Martin and uh, might be somebody he might be looking for. I don't know. <laughs> You know, if she crosses his path, I don't know. Um, I don't know either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, no. it's been interesting. It's been
0: interesting doing press uh, this last few weeks to to just chat with people and yeah. having conversations like this. Um, yeah, it's a very odd feeling because... What I really want to do is go, okay, here's what happens. <laughs> I want to yeah. sort of have that, that talk. But first of all, I know, Robin and Steph, you don't want that. But, uh, no, no. No, no. But uh, <laughs> exactly, yeah.
2: We don't. We, we wouldn't
1: want you to get in trouble.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Right, and neither
1: would
0: I. <laughs> they'll, they'll put. You know what they'll do? They'll put me back on ice. <laughs> oh, God, <yeah.
1: laughs> you know, the, it, in the preview for uh, next week's episode, we do see Enzo shooting at Major. And uh, I'm really scared because Major you know, escaped with a bullet wound, uh, in this episode. And I almost wonder if it's a setup to major, maybe not escaping, uh, next, next week. And I, I you know, all our listeners are like, you know, very shocked, uh, <laughs> and gasping right now. <laughs> it's a mere mention of a uh, major possibly going down, but that could, that could be a possibility. Uh, uh I don't know, but, uh, yeah, well, I actually not- didn't know,
0: I, I hadn't seen the trailer, so okay. I didn't know that that was, that that was in there yeah but uh yeah well i will say they they definitely and as you saw in the trailer they definitely meet again Mm -hmm. and um you know he's he's such an important character um but he's he's also at the same time he's yeah he's a very he's a very difficult stepping stone for or or stumbling block for enzo Mm -hmm. and what he's up to Well, I think that's all I can say. Yeah, yeah, that's all
1: we really want you to say. (laughs) Uh, uh, So what what would you, you know, kind of wrapping this up, would you have loved to see Enzo on a brain? Yeah, you know, we all
0: used to joke that he was, you know, Uh.
1: um,
0: but I I said to somebody recently, um, yeah, it would be well. I, it would have been fun. It would have been fun to see him on a brain. Although I think be, I'm just sort of sticking with this theme here because he was such a company man. You know, he was only on brain tubes ever. Right.
3: Right. And he was
0: very strict with his with his tanning and his hair dyeing and, you know, his his nail trimming. And he was you know, he did, He followed every rule. So I think the chance of that happening, unless it had been an accident or maybe like the Alzheimer's brain or something. Yeah. But sure. Absolutely. It would have been fun. Um What kind of brain would you
1: would you have wanted to see him on? Yeah, somebody
0: asked me that, and I said, "Wouldn't it be interesting if it was um, a more realistic French person?" (laughs) 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 Sort of. They go, "Wait, the accent has changed a little bit. What happened there? You know, it's not so uh, (laughs) over the top." Um, But yeah, I don't know, like. might 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 have been interesting to see him on the brain of somebody reasonable and uh, you know, kind of not so extremist and maybe maybe somebody who's – maybe a referee who's trying to kind of work things out between people. Uh-huh. That might have been fun.
1: Somebody super laid back maybe? I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, a surfer. That would have been good. Maybe,
1: yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, that'll be the spinoff, Surfing Enzo. Oh, that's funny. Uh, could, so, uh, I guess, you know, obviously we don't want you to spoil anything, but, uh, we, we, definitely have to ask, you know, can you tease anything that's coming in the next couple episodes? Is there anything that you can just kind of, uh, um, hint at, coyly? you know, I have, <laughs> I have been
0: hearing, you know, especially being here at Comic-Con and chatting, I've met a lot of the fans of the show and, um, oh, that's great. you know, just, just listening to some different, you know, conversations I've had and, um, I, I, I this is this is like sort of a non-tease. What it is is I can say I've yet to hear anybody get it. Like I I don't know that anything people are thinking is actually the thing. And I know this is like there's a whole lot of I'm saying a lot of words to say nothing. But yeah. but I, I I have yet to you know in the in the dozens of different predictions that I've heard I've yet to hear anybody get close to it. Um, so I don't know if that helps or hinders. Uh, but that's. I will say that. And um, I will say uh, the the people who create the show have done, you know, the writers have done a great job continuing to fit an awful lot of information into the next couple of episodes. And it's it's a wild ride and it's going to be surprising for a lot of people and and shocking and um, but also rewarding. I mean, you know.
1: Yeah. Have I said anything, Robin and Steph, or have I just said? <laughs> no, I, like I like the idea that it's going to be—it's going to be a big surprise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
2: it's going to be it's something gonna, yeah. that we don't see coming. I love it. Um, in the sense that, yeah,
1: yeah, I just
0: don't know that anybody has quite uh, considered exactly every possibility. I mean, and you know, it's obviously you guys know the show very well, so so perhaps you have come up with fifteen different possible. Yeah. Well, Definitely Robin those, is but... saying
2: that they're going to be in the bunker of the uh, the IT <laughs> company that was early in the season.
1: Yeah, and then mm-hmm. it's going to be a, the bombs going to drop, and they're going to be all all our all our good guys are going to be down there, and it's going to be with the all the people they have to save. But uh, yeah, I I, I, don't know.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I I just see it's going to be a happy ending. It's uh, got to be happy. Liv and Major. <laughs> Are going to end up together. Everybody's going to be happy. Happy ending. Great.
0: I would love to chat with you guys. When, when <laughs> I, just, I really, I really, um, I, 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 I shouldn't let it slip that they all buy a horse ranch together and they just end up hanging out together. Yeah, uh, Enzo. Yeah, Enzo. Who knew he could ride? No. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I just. Um, because you guys know the show so well, and you've you've been with it for so long, and um, obviously everybody who's made it really hopes that people love it, and, and I hope you guys like the way it goes. And I, I'll be listening because I'm anxious to hear your responses because I think it that's one thing about I Zombie. And, and and Steph, did you get to come up and visit as well? Have you? Been oh this,
2: no,
1: Mm-mm. I begged oh. her to, but she she just couldn't.
0: <laughs> oh, is that right? Okay, well, well, you know, Robin can attest to this. Uh it's a super it's a super happy group of people working together. And um th- the one thing I can tell the fans of the show is that it didn't get brought up once a day. It got brought up constantly. The the the, the way the audience embraces the show meant a lot to Rob and it meant a lot to Diane and Dan. And so, you know, that trickles down and 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 rose. I mean to everybody, you know, uh, Malcolm and Rahul and and, and Buckley and they all uh Ali they all it all means a lot to them and so um it isn't one of those situations where people make a show and go oh, oh too bad they like it or they don't mm-hmm. I mean they really it, it matters to the group that uh that the fans are excited and that they're interested in it and then and so many have been with the show for five years you yeah. know so I think I can speak for everybody and I definitely am speaking for myself when I say that I um it means a lot to everyone that people support it, and we really hope that uh, that these last two episodes uh, please everyone.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. Can, can we just have another season? Can you guys all just kind of rally together and <laughs> just do one more for us? Oh, <laughs> uh, I wish I could say that's well, how it ends. <laughs> we oh, well, you know, we, we, have,
2: we have not been let down by the show yet, so no, I feel no. like it, it'll go out on a strong.
1: Point. Oh, that's great. That's great to hear. So so you're at Comic-Con. Um, can you tell everybody what's coming up for you? Are you promoting anything while you're there?
0: Yeah, I'm here for a couple of things. I mean, I've done a, a couple Little Eye Zombie things. There, there hasn't been a panel here, but um, but I, I first came down because of uh, a film I was in called uh, The Whistler. Uh, mm-hmm. That's making a festival circuit right now. I've got uh, a few things coming. I've got um, a film that I'm really excited about, a feature film called Open for Submissions uh, that's coming out, I believe, in August, and it was a special film because it was completely improvised. Uh-huh. So the director would give us scenarios and, of course, we'd have the names of the other characters and the relationships, but uh, he would give you sort of an objective and you'd go, and the whole feature film, the, the actor, everything you hear is what the actors kind of created. Um, yeah, what else? I'm on a Hallmark film that's airing, I think, in September. There is uh, one project that I'm really excited about, but I I, it's not. It's announced either this this week or, or next week. I think it's going to be. I'm not sure when um, when this airs, Robin and stuff. But uh, hopefully by then it will be announced. But I can't say it yet. Yeah. But uh, it's a TV TV project that I've been working on that I'm really really excited about.
1: Oh, that's cool. So I thank was, you yeah, for asking. I was actually uh, looking around the web, to, you know, to see it, any interviews with you, and I caught an earlier one uh, where you're talking to uh, the person. I'm not sure who was. I forget. Uh, but uh, you were saying, and it was right around before Izombie. You said there was co- something coming up that you're really excited about that uh, was upcoming. So, you know, that was Izombie. So, yeah, that was Izombie. So, uh, yeah, really yeah. yeah. So now I'm excited about the
0: next thing. That's and, great. Um, but I do agree with you. I wish I, I wish that the, the show could stay around for another season. But um, I am so happy that that the gang got to finish it the way they wanted to. You yeah. know, it was touch mm-hmm. and go there whether or not we'd be back. I'm sure you guys knew that. And then uh, we were all just so relieved to hear that there was going to be the fifth season so that, you know, they could create the ending of that storyline that they want,
1: you know. Well, uh, thank you so much, John, for uh, spending uh, the time with us. Do you want to let people know where they could uh, follow you on the old interwebs?
0: Oh, sure. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I'm on Twitter, which is at John Emmett Tracy, and then on Instagram at... uh, at j.e.tracy
1: okay well thank you again for being on yeah. our podcast John uh, thank
0: you both thank you Robin and Stephen thank you to everybody who wrote in questions. that's uh, fantastic
1: Thank you for listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Obligatory contact info in 3, 2, 1, go.
2: Send in your feedback to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. All of our contact info is on our website, iZombiePodcast.com.
1: You can follow Steph on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow Robin at LRobinYarrow. Our podcast logo is designed by D Sheehan. You can find her work at Behance.net slash d Sheehan.
2: Check out our other podcasts. You can listen to us binge watch through great shows like Dawson's Creek, Smallville, Veronica Mars, and When iZombie Ends, Gilmore Girls. Just subscribe to We Don't Want to Wait on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Be sure to check out TV Time. If you want to join a global community of TV watchers where our podcast, among others, is currently streaming, download the TV Time app today. Go to TVTime.com for more details.
2: Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We do this in our spare time, so your ratings and reviews are much appreciated.
1: And the only payment we
2: ask are your kind words.
1: And make sure it's on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph.
2: And we're done. You think anyone's still listening?
1: Oh, they totally are.
2: Bye, zombie. Live forever!